0: You're listening to Rama for Today Radio. Healing, like salvation, because it's in God's same plan, belongs to us. It's ours. As far as God's concerned, you know, it's like salvation. But as far as, you know, I'm looking at it from the mind of God now. As far as God's concerned, that man's already saved. It's just a matter of getting somebody to him to reap the harvest, praise God. To get him to accept what belongs to him. As far as God's concerned, really, you're already healed. Because, see, God remembers when he laid your sickness and disease on Jesus. As far as Jesus is concerned, you're already healed. Welcome to
1: Rhema for Today. Kenneth E. Hagen wraps up his teaching, Healing Belongs to Us. Also, later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan for today's message.
0: You know, sometimes we pray, God save this man, God save that man, God save this woman, God save my son. But you know, really nowhere in the New Testament does it say anything about praying for the lost that they'll be saved. Did you ever stop thinking about that? Did you ever stop thinking about that? The only thing close to it is that Paul was praying about Israel and he just would God that, you know, he could even give his life. They'd be in their stead. that They would be saved. And that's really not praying for the lost. No, no. What Jesus said about it was, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into the harvest. That's what Jesus said. He said that in Luke 10 too. He also said that in the end of the ninth chapter of Matthew. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest. Now if you want to pray for someone who's lost, say Lord send someone to them. Send someone to minister to them. Because see, they can't be saved without it. The Bible said God's ordained that men should be saved through the foolishness of preaching. I tell sometimes you know about my uncle, my mother's only brother, and I'd come by to visit Mama, and Mama said, "Pray for Uncle Larry." Now, Uncle Larry, you know, when he was younger, he had he had uh, been in church and so on and so forth, but he married when he's nineteen years old, and uh, it's, it's it's bad sometimes to not get the right kind of a person. To put spiritual things first. His wife influenced him greatly, and he never went to church again in his life. Didn't have a Bible in the house. Five children born in the home, raised five children. Not one single time did one of those children ever see a Bible while they were growing up. That is, in, in their home. I'm sure they saw a Bible somewhere. Not one single time were they ever taken to church or Sunday school. Not one single time. Well, you can readily understand then that those children... With no godliness and no God in their life. No training. When they grew up, God grown, created all kinds of problems for him. All kinds of problems. All kinds of problems. And and, and cost him thousands upon thousands of dollars. You know, he hated to see them. You know, any, any parents would hate to see some of the children go to the penitentiary. He'd pay them out. And he'd had so much problems, so Mama said, uh, pray for him, you know. She said, uh, she hadn't seen him, but she said, you know, he's going through some problems with some of them. And said, they tell me that he's lost so much weight until you wouldn't even recognize him if you saw him. Well, she had said that to me, and I went on to town to attend to some of my business. And then I was driving, actually heading back towards my town, 15 miles away. And as I approached someone, you know, I was driving down the street, someone walking down the sidewalk, I said to myself, looking from the back, that uh, that looks like Uncle Larry walking there. I'll just stop, you know, and now he had a car, but he just walked to get exercise, walked to and from work. He's vice president of one of the banks there in the city. And and, and so I started to slow down, you see, and pick him up, because I said from the back, it walked like Uncle Larry. I forgot Mama said he didn't... You know, when I got, uh, that he didn't look like himself, when I got beside him, looked at him, I didn't recognize him. See, I hadn't seen him sometimes. didn't recognize him, so I just went on. See, because he looked like a stranger to me. I, I mean he must have lost at least 40 to 50 pounds. His face looked haggard, and, and he just didn't look like it. And I remember I, I drove about two blocks beyond him, and, and, and I remember it, it suddenly dawned on me. Mama said, "Well, they say he don't even look like himself. doesn't look like himself. And I said that was him. I, I, I know that walk, as, you know, as I approached from the back. That, that 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 was him. And then I remember with tears, I was driving, you know, down the street. Just I just cried out. Nobody in the car. In me. I cried out with tears out loud. Oh God, save Uncle Larry! See. And when I said that, it was like somebody was sitting in the back seat said, that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> and I looked back there, and I, I actually whipped my car over to the side of the street and stopped there wasn't a curb there and you could just pull off on the side you know and, and, and I actually got up and saw I thought somebody got down behind the seat was sort of mocking me something got in the car there wasn't anybody back there and I sat there and I said dear Lord that, what do you, that was you spoke to me what, what do you mean and that's when he said to me because see I'd been fasting and praying for him at different times you know for 15 years <laughs> if it ever affected him any I couldn't tell it and so I said "Well, uh, oh, what do you mean well, he said, I've already, you know, I, I, that's what I'm trying to do is save him. I've already. Jesus already come, already shed his blood. The harvest is out there. He said, that's when he said to me, nowhere in the New Testament does it tell you to pray for the lost to be saved. I said, what? Man, I came to such a shock to me, you know. I thought, dear Lord, dear Lord, you know, almost sounds sacrilegious. You know, we get so religious ourselves sometimes we think we're so spiritual. We're not, we're just religious. <laughs> come on now. And I said, uh, what, what, what am I going to do? And he said, I said, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest to send forth the labors. Pray. You couldn't talk to him. He wouldn't listen to you. Very often they won't will on. That's what the Lord said to me. He, he wouldn't listen to you. You can't talk to him. You pray. See, he said, pray the Lord of the harvest that he'll send forth labor. You pray that I'll send someone across his pathway who can. I know who can Somebody said, well, why hadn't he already done it? John Weston said, it seems that God is limited by our prayers and what he can do on the earth. So I did that, just sitting right there. I said, all right. I, can't, I mean, that was real revelation to me, boys. I mean, it just disrupted a lot of my thinking and praying and got me over on another place. Plane. <coughs> and I said, Lord, send somebody. The Lord of the harvest, send somebody across his path. I don't know who, you know who. Send someone across his pathway that he'll listen to. It wasn't 10 days until I saw Mama again and Mama said uh, you know, said so and so mentioned somebody, talked to Uncle Larry he went out and bought him a Bible and he's going to church now. In fact he joined a church there close to his home, Baptist Church about a block and a half away. Meantime, I prayed that prayer, I'd been praying off and on and fasting some as much as three days at a time for 15 years and nothing I prayed that one prayer in 10 days and got results. (laughs) Now why? Well, not only was I abiding in Christ, but His Word was abiding in me. I'm praying according to the Word of God. Now, you see, I, I think here's what I want you to see is that healing like salvation because it's in God's same plan belongs to us. It's ours. As far as God's concern, you know, it's like salvation as far as, you know, I'm looking at it from the mind of God now. As far as God's concern, that man's already saved. It's just a matter of getting somebody to him to reap the harvest, praise God, to get him to accept what belongs to him. As far as God's concerned, really, you're already healed. Because, see, God remembers when He laid your sickness and disease on Jesus. As far as Jesus is concerned, you are already healed. See, that's what you've got to get people to believe. As far as Jesus is concerned, you are already healed. Jesus remembers when He took your infirmities and bare your sicknesses. As far as the Holy Ghost is concerned, you are already healed. Because the Holy Ghost inspired Peter, bless God to write, 1 Peter 2.24 By whose stripes ye were, that's past tense, isn't it? Were healed. As far as the word of God is concerned, you are already healed. Now, remember earlier I talked about taking sides against the word or taking sides with the word. Well then if I keep saying I'm not healed, then I'm taking sides against the word, am I not? Huh? What I must do is take sides with the Word, or better yet, side in with the Word of God. Side in with the Word. By whose stripes ye were. Notice that it says, were healed. Notice it did not say by whose stripes you're going to be healed. See, a lot of times people say, well, I believe I'm going to be healed sometime. You know, that's not believing. That's not Bible believing, at least. Really, you would call it believing, but reader, that's hoping. Are you listening? But see, you never hope for anything that you possess or have. If I believe what the Bible says, then I believe that we were healed. That's what I want you to believe, by whose stripes you were healed. See, Peter's looking back to Calvary. And of the sacrifice of Christ. I was healed then. I accept that now. God laid on him our sicknesses and our diseases. He bore them. He was stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted with your diseases and with your sicknesses. Therefore, Satan has no right to put on you what God put on Jesus. See, someone may say, well, it may be the will of God for me to be sick. We keep running into that again and again. God may get some glory out of my being sick, more glory out of me being sick than if I was well. Well, what right would God have to put your sickness on Jesus if he wanted you to keep bearing it? Are you listening to me? He wouldn't have any right to do that. Because there wouldn't be any need for both of you to bear it. And because he bore it, thank God you're free. You're free. All of God's blessings, now write this down, it'll help you. All of God's blessings and provisions are conditional. Conditional. All of God's blessings and provisions are conditional. He gives us his word to let us know what conditions must be met in order for us to receive these blessings or these provisions. They won't just fall on us automatically.
1: You're listening to Rhema for Today. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagan.
0: Hey, you know, hon, I, I want right now to call your attention to the special that we have yes. for $45.40 of these four study guides. You want to get these. That's right want to get these. This is a great thing to study for this year. Right, it's a great for thing churches, to study. churches, for Bible studies, for individual study. Individual study. Faith it's study course, prayer study course, Holy Spirit and His gifts, and, healing. and healing. Yes, yes.
1: yes. Call toll free 1-888-FAITH-99 Again, call toll free 1-888-FAITH-99 You can also order online at rhema.org We'll start a new life-changing message from Kenneth E. Hagen entitled, Holy Spirit Series. That's Monday on Rhema for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan.